there, this is Jen Wade, part of the core team here at Springs Church. We just want to say thank you so much for joining us and listening to our podcast. We are praying that it encourages you and it inspires you. And if you'd like to find out more about Springs Church, please visit our website, springschurch.co.uk. Here's today's message. Church last week, come on. Come on, let's pray. Remember we opened up the floor here at the front of church and we, we, we asked God to do some miracles. Did anyone remember that? And um, uh, if you were impacted last week uh, in the worship time or just in the prayer time, okay, just give me a little no, you're not. If you weren't, just give me a big shake of your head. Short term tonight, I'm joking. <laughs> so this is really cool. So uh, Monday morning I get, I get a couple of messages. Uh, one guy came to the front last week and he asked for prayer. Um, so it with arthritis, and uh, he texts me first thing Monday morning. He says, "He says, Pete, can you please pass on the message to uh, the person that prayed for me?" And the first time in a long time, I've woken up with no pain whatsoever. Hello? Are you a little tired after your Sunday lunch? Did you just hear that? Someone woke up Monday morning with no pain, where there had been pain. That's good news, right? And then, uh, don't fake it. If you're gonna clap, clap. Um, if there's uh, something else happened as well, um, uh, Monday uh, somebody else got in touch and said you prayed for me and uh, I've had no pain in this part of my body that I've been struggling with for a while. That's good news, isn't it? So uh, yeah, come on Lord, you can do more. And uh, Monday night, John and I and another friend had the pleasure of praying with a really lovely family and we're believing that God did some beautiful things that night. And then um, uh, I just had a, a, a chat with someone a little early before the meeting started. We prayed for their baby to sleep because they've been giving them sleepless nights and they've slept through the last three nights. Amen. Not going to embarrass that person. Um, if you're going to bring your kids out for prayer to sleep through the night, there's no magic dust that we sprinkle. It's not chloroform or anything like that. Um, but yeah, so listen, after this meeting tonight, we're going to be having a little extended time of worship that we're just going to call Encounter, because the Bible's full of encounters with Jesus. And we reckon when we just make a little bit more space to just stay in the presence of God, well, he might just want to speak to us. He might just want to touch our hearts and touch our bodies, touch our lives. And so we believe in a very real, very alive God. Yes. Is that what we believe here at Springs Church? Or do we believe in a dead religion that brings no hope to no one? Mm-mm-mm. Everyone in this room tonight is here because there's a rumor that God is alive and there's a rumor that he is brilliant. And there is an experience by a good many people in this place tonight that says God is real. He answers prayer. He took my fear away. I was once scared of death and now I am not. I was once fearful of illness and now I'm not. I was once ill and he healed me of sickness. I don't know who you are tonight or why you're in the room tonight, but I do know this, that God is here. God is here. Now, as a kid growing up in church, it would do my head in when the pastor of the church would go, "Mm, don't you just sense the presence? My pastor never did that. He had a very different accent to that. But when people said, can't you just sense the presence of God in the place? If I'm honest, as a kid, I'd be like, no, I can't. All I can sense is how full my tummy is after my dinner. But when we say, can you sense the presence of God? There is a sense that the presence of God is here when we switch off our natural eyes and let ourselves into the truth that God is here. And I believe that when we turn our attention to the truth that God is present, we experience his presence. The scriptures are full of people who just make a bit of space and just have a stop in their their day and they just make space and listen. Turns out God is here. 
I want to tell you this evening that God is present. The last few weeks we've been looking at a few words. The first word we looked at was omniscient. This word means that God is all-knowing. I'm ever so sorry, but you may not want to hear this, but God knows absolutely every little detail about your life. He knows every misdemeanor. He knows all your successes. He knows all your failures. And he still decided to be present and turn up because he thinks you're worth meeting with. And then last week, we talked about the, 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 this power omnipotent or omnipotent, that God is all-powerful. I lift my eyes to the hills. Where does my help come from? My help comes from the, the God, the maker of the heavens and the earth. He will not let my foot slip. He loves me too much. This week, we're going to camp around this, this omni word, which means uh, this omni word is all uh, omnipresent. In other words, God is present. God is with us. Church, I want to encourage you tonight. This might be the first time you're hearing about the God that we serve. <laughs> He's omnipresent. There is nowhere that he is not, in other words. There is no one that God cannot reach. There is nowhere that God cannot make himself available. Wow. Ephesians 4 verse 1, a letter to some fellas in Turkey 2,000 years ago. This letter says that one God and Father of all, who is over all, through all, and in all. Sounds a bit Buddhist to me. It's not Buddhism. It's Christianity. The scriptures teach us that God, the, the creator of the universe that we serve, the person of Jesus and by his Holy Spirit is in all places at all time and he can be with us wherever we are, whenever we are. It's so good. The scriptures tell us this, that, that every good and perfect thing comes from God. I want to encourage you today that when you see that painted sky they call the sunset, We'd be fools to deny it's got the fingerprints of creator God all over it. Hello? (laughs) Everything that breathes has the hallmarks of God who breathes life into us. Do you know the first man, Adam, it says that he he was crafted out of the dust, but he came alive when God breathed into him. Turns out humans have been breathing ever since. Thank God for that first breath, his breath. We've got this fancy word, transcendent. You ever heard that word before? God is transcendent. Again, what does it mean? It means that God is everywhere in all places at all times. Listen to this, Psalm 139. This is a guy called David who was blown away by the goodness of God. You know King David, you know David and Goliath David? He grew up loving God and he ends up saying this. He says, where can I go from your spirit, God? And it's not kind of like he's trying to get away from God, like he's saying, where can I fucking get from your spirit, God? He's saying, God, you are so good. There's nowhere that you're not. Where can I flee from your presence? If I go up to the heavens, you're there. If I make my bed in the depths, you're there. If I rise on the wings of the dawn, sounds like some kind of boy's own song, doesn't it? If I rise on the wings of the dawn, actually, no, Westlife, they were classier. Um, If I rise on the wings of the dawn, if I settle on the far side of the sea, even there your hand will guide me. Your right hand will hold me fast. If I say... Surely the darkness will hide me and the light become night around me. Even, God, the darkness will not be dark to you. Do you know that God fears no dark spaces? Do you know that? Because even the darkness is light to God. And then he finishes by saying, the night will shine like the day, but darkness is as light with you, God. I don't have to fear. If you are omnipresent and you are with me and there's nowhere that I can go that you are not, gosh, That's doing something for my confidence. That's doing something for my soul security tonight. 
Not only is God transcendent, but then because he's God, he can be opposites all at the same time because he's flipping amazing. God is not just transcendent, he's also imminent. He's as close as Matty is to me right now. Because God is transcendent and can be everywhere at all time in any place, he can also be imminent and personal with every single one of us. Is that not incredible? We experience the presence of God, church, when we turn our attention to the truth that in this place tonight, on these uncomfortable pews, he is present. We prayed for miracles last week. We can pray for miracles whenever we want. Why? Because he is always present. And when we turn our attention to the truth that he is present, we experience his presence. Subtitle for this message tonight is this. How can I ever be confident in life? How can I be confident in life? I'm not talking about being confident in your job because you're probably really well qualified or not well qualified, but you're doing really, really well. Like, it's not about confidence in your job or it's not even about confidence in your parenting or confidence in, in anything, really. Confidence in your football skill. I never was, but I like to make runs. I'm not defending. How can we have confidence in life? At the core of who we are, where can we get strength and security and the deepest care that says, I have got you, you are safe, and because of that, you can fly in life and you're going to thrive. How can we get the kind of confidence that our soul understands to be the security and the safety of God? Did anyone ever put their confidence in their national football team? Anyone? I'll be honest, guys. I'll be honest. I'm an eternal optimist. We've got a friend who gets particularly um, vocal and loud and angry when England aren't doing too well. And I'm always the guy going, no, we can still win this. We can still win this. It's 2-0 down. It's like 90 minutes. Nah, we got this. Hey, did anyone watch the last 10 minutes of England, New Zealand yesterday? You should always watch to the end. Have a look at the highlights if you haven't seen it. If you've ever put confidence in your team and then your team have lost, they've let you down. Did anyone ever put confidence in the stock market and then it crashes? Has anyone ever put confidence in people and feel let down? All of us. High five, everyone. Has anyone ever put confidence in their, in, their, in their leaders, in their government, and felt let down? Say no more. Can I be very honest? Have you ever felt let down by the leaders of, in the church? Yeah, probably. Has anyone ever had their confidence taken from them? We've all experienced that. And some of you are in tonight because your confidence is shot through, but I want to help you understand tonight that you can be confident in life. Why? Because he is always present. So where can I seed my confidence? It's not in people. I reckon putting our confidence in anything man-made should come with a disclaimer. Might let you down. Not so with God. Psalm 118, I think it's coming on the screen. It says this. Oh, give thanks to the Lord, for he is good His steadfast love endures forever. Let Israel say, his steadfast love endures forever. I think in speech marks, I think we meant to say it together. Let the house of Aaron say his... Everyone's like, who's Aaron? That's for another time. Let those who fear the Lord say... Out of my distress, I called on the Lord. The Lord answered me and set me free. The Lord is on my side, so I will not... Sounds like a song, doesn't it? What can man do to me? 
The Lord is on my side as my helper. I shall look in triumph on those who hate me. Do you know, it is better to take refuge in the Lord than to trust in man. It is better to take refuge in the Lord than to trust in princes. In the King James Version, it says this, it's better to trust in the Lord than to put confidence in man. It's better to trust in God than put confidence in princes. How can I be confident, safe and secure in this life? It's to put your trust in God. Can anyone testify to that tonight? When we put our trust in God, when I take my confidence and I seed it in the soil of the goodness of God, it ain't going to be wasted. It's going to grow fruit. It's going to, it's going to, be, it's going to be plentiful. I'm going to thrive in life. Are you with me tonight? So ask the question, how can I be confident, safe, and secure in this life? I want to encourage you tonight. Through faith, through belief, through trusting, that the God who flung a billion stars into space knows you intimately and personally. How can you be confident in life tonight? It's because the God who is love is your friend who forever sticks closer than a brother. How can I be confident in life? The God who is indescribable, too wonderful to be fully defined, makes it his business to know you personally. God who is uncontainable, he's transcendent, he's in the furthest reaches of the cosmos and he's sitting on the pew right next to you now. How is it that he can, he can do this? It's because God chooses to put his spirit in you have you heard that before? The scriptures say that the Father, anyone who says, Jesus, I need you, it says that the Father sends the Spirit of the Son, Jesus, into our hearts so that we know that we're God's child and nothing can separate us for the rest of the time. Can anyone feel a sense of confidence growing tonight? You came in not very confident with what's left in the fridge when you go out more. Or how much the, the smart meters are ramping up and you ain't got much confidence that, that you can make ends meet. But I want to tell you tonight, the confidence of God wants to become the, your confidence and your rock foundation to take all fear and to bring nothing but surety and security. Is that good tonight? The same power, the scriptures say, that raised Jesus from the dead is the same power at work in you, Christian. The same power. Not a diluted version of the power. So if the power that resurrected Jesus, the power that brought him back from death to life is in you, you can only begin to imagine what God can do in your life. The word of God, that is the light to your path. That scripture was written and spoken by the same mouth that said, let there be light. Where are you putting your confidence tonight? God is for you and not against you. He is your light in the dark and your shade when you're exposed. He is your mercy when you are guilty. And he's your defense when you've actually done nothing wrong. Somebody walked into church tonight and needed to hear that, that God was going to be my defense. Something's happened and it's not your fault. And you can stand before God with a clear conscience and go, God, I, I literally have done nothing. You need not go crazy. Just be still. The scriptures say the Lord will be your vindication. In other words, he will be your right way out 
according to living right with him. He is your mercy when you're guilty and your defense when the world is against you and you've done nothing wrong. I wasn't meant to be preaching tonight, so I'm going to get off in a little while, but I'm going to, I'm going to give you, uh, I'm going to share some thoughts from a story in the scriptures where Jesus just does something brilliant. Do you want to hear about that? It's called Jesus Calms the Storm. Anyone grow up in church? Anyone go to Sunday school? You know this story like the back of your hand. Don't you get to thinking you can't learn something new, cheeky ones? And if you've never heard this story about Jesus calming the storm, let me give you a little bit of context before we launch into it. Just before a boat and a storm situation happens, a few months before, Jesus had started gathering guys and girls, we understand as well, and he started to teach them about the kingdom of God, started to teach them about who God is and, and just what he might have planned for them, right? And just before the event that we're about to read, Jesus has been doing some incredible things. He's just been explaining things with parables. He's been trying to help people understand the mysteries of God by just using very simple stories. And then, and then we get to this, this story. So these disciples, these friends of Jesus that he's starting to gather together, all they know of Jesus so far is a bit of theory and a, and a bit of teaching. But Jesus is about to help them experience his power. Anyone want that? This is the story. Luke chapter 8, 22 to 25. One day, Jesus said to his disciples, let's go over to the other side of the lake. So they got into a boat and set out. And as they sailed, he fell asleep. A squall, that's a sudden storm, came down on the lake so that the boat was being swamped. And they were in great danger. The disciples went and woke him saying, Master, Master, we're going to drown. He got up and rebuked the wind and the raging waters. The storm subsided and all was calm. And then he says this, where, where's your faith? In fear and amazement, they asked one another, who's this? He commands even the winds and the water, and they obey him. You might have heard a lot of Jesus talk in your time. And up until this point, these friends of Jesus had only heard a lot of talk and, oh, the kingdom of God's this and that. It's like, oh, yeah, this is a nice idea. Some nice new teaching from this nice new rabbi with a hipster beard. And now they find themselves, their lives are in danger. They've just got into a boat with this new rabbi on the scene, and it looks like they're going to drown because of him. Who was Jesus with? In this boat, he was with normal, everyday people. Except these ordinary people were given an extraordinary opportunity to follow Jesus. Where was Jesus taking them? He was taking them on the next steps of their faith journey. He was taking them quite simply from one side of the Sea of Galilee or Lake Gennesaret and taking them to the other side of the lake. He was actually taking them from a side of the lake that was part of their nation that they knew really, really well. He was taking them from their everyday life to the side of the lake that they had never been, that was not um, uh, their ethnicity, not their culture. He was taking them purposefully to a place they'd never been before. He was about to open up their world in a way 
that it had not been opened before. When you became a Christian, or when you decide to become a Christian, what God does is he takes you from one side of life and he takes you to another side and opens up your world. That's what he does. Why did Jesus ask them to go? We've learned in week one of this series that God is omniscient. Jesus knew everything. Jesus knew there was going to be a storm. What kind of a psycho would say, get in the boat, we're going on the sea, when you know there's a furious storm about to happen and you're going to make people very, very scared? Why would Jesus do that if he knew it was going to happen? I want to tell you why. Because in the natural, they were about to experience the physical wind and the physical rain and the physical waves and the fear and the physicality of being shocked and scared. But Jesus was not going to take them so far for them to go back uh, because of fear. On the other side of this lake, there was a man afflicted by many demons that Jesus had in mind to set free. There's no way Jesus is going back. After he'd been that side, he was going to come back to the other side of the lake again and there was a girl who was going to die and he was going to raise her from the dead because he wasn't going to let death have its way. And then after that, there was a lady who'd been ill for 12 years and and Jesus knew that there was a journey to go on to get to these people, these situations. I want to encourage you this afternoon that if you have experienced storms, if you are in a storm of life right now, you can have confidence that God is with you right now. And why is this storm happening? I just wonder whether God has got something very powerful to show you on the other side of the lake. I wonder whether God's got something very powerful to show you on the other side of this storm. I love what Jesus does. He says, where's your faith? He didn't start by saying, where's your faith? And if you find it, I'll do something. He rescues them and then asks them, where's your faith? And I wonder tonight whether they answered, Lord, (laughs) it's in you. Flip your neck. It would be silly not to put our faith in you from this point on. Jesus was taking ordinary people on a journey to see that not even the effects of the devil can stay when Jesus is present. After Jesus was going to go back and sail back from the other side and raise a dead girl to life, he was going to show these disciples that not even death can stick around when Jesus is present. And after that, he was going to show his friends, his followers, that not even sickness and illness can thwart the plans of God. I want to encourage you tonight that when it's genuinely Jesus who speaks to you, You can be assured that when he says, come on this journey with me, he's going to be with you. Little light release. Did you notice what happened when they set out to sail? Jesus fell asleep. Did you see that? And I was thinking, how can he fall asleep? Like, who doesn't like a boat journey and watch it all the way to the other side? And then I got to thinking, this bloke was born in a barn. (laughs) He was born in the midst of... Cows mooing and sheep bleating and everything else going off crazy. If this guy can sleep in a trough, he can probably probably sleep in a stormy sea. (laughs) You'll have heard it before. It's no cliche. Clichés are often clichés because they're true and they're repeated often. If you invite Jesus into the boat, your life, you do not have to fear. And when the storms come and you get a little bit nervous and you cry out for help, he's not going to let you down. But he is going to ask you, where's your faith? 
And you might want to say back to him, my faith, Jesus, today, tonight, in this room, my faith is in you, God. Jesus is omniscient. He knew full well that there was going to be a furious squall. Where is your faith tonight? For the Christians of us that have been Christians for many years, and for people that are yet to put their faith in Jesus, but might in a few moments, I want to encourage you that Jesus does not call us to be cotton-wooled Christian babies immune from the world. It's not what he does. Jesus calls us, invites us to be his friends, to go on a journey that helps us find confidence for this life that goes over into the next. The scriptures tell us that he calls us not to be cotton-wooled, but to become more than conquerors. Do you know what a conqueror is? A conqueror is somebody who conquers a land. He's victorious in battle. But we're called to be more than conquerors. So whatever you've come in facing tonight, you are not called by Jesus to simply be cotton-wooled and mothers. You are saved by Jesus because you are called to be more than a conqueror. That thing you're facing, it can be defeated. That enemy that you're facing, it can be defeated. That illness you've got, it can be defeated. More than conquerors. Where does our help come from? How can I be confident in life? It's by taking the seed of my confidence and planting it in the truth of who God is. Amen? So lastly, where is your faith tonight? Where is your faith tonight? Is it in the strength of the boat? Is it in your own strength? Is it in the strength of others? Or is your confidence tonight in the person of Jesus? I'm just going to ask the band to play. Danny's going to come and give us a few notices in a little while and we're going to sing one more time and then we're going to have an encounter, which is great. Before we get there, I'm going to pray. And I'm going to invite you, if you have never put your faith in Jesus before, I'm going to invite you to, to ask Jesus to come and help you. I'm going, to, I'm going to pray a prayer that is an invitation to the God of heaven to come into your life by his Holy Spirit and give you the confidence that we're talking about, the presence of God. Let's help each other out tonight. Let's say these words after me real loud and clear. So if people are saying it for the first time, they don't feel alone. Lord Jesus, thank you for your love. Thank you for your care. Thank you you're ever present. You know me. You see me. And you promise that whoever calls upon your name will be saved in this life and in the life to come. You are my confidence tonight. You are my boast tonight. You are the strength I am asking to come into my life. I ask you to forgive me of my sin. Wash my spirit clean. Make my soul white as snow. Make me blameless in your sight. Because that's what your death on the cross did. I want you to be Lord of my life. I ask your Holy Spirit to be with me. Amen. 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 Thank you all for praying that out loud tonight. And if you prayed that for the first time or the hundredth time, tonight. It doesn't matter. But if you invited Jesus into your heart just now, 
Nothing can separate you from the love of God. Nothing. Every single promise laid up in all of the thousands of pages in the Bible are now yours. Receive the free gift of grace that is all the blessing of God because of the forgiveness of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Thanks again for listening. To hear more of our messages, make sure to subscribe to our YouTube channel and our podcast channel for past preachers. If you feel like you got something out of today's message, why not share it with your friends and spread the good news of Jesus? We are praying for you. We love you. So please, if you need anything at all, check out springschurch.co.uk. God bless.